Stampede. Garner isn't number 33. The meaning of stones are lost on me. That is to say, there are some things artificial intelligence can't explain. I like to think of myself as a rational man, and for most of my life, I've been able to understand physical experiences. Physical experiences I've seen or felt, even if some had to be explained by a trained doctor. In lots of ways, the human body experiences unexplainable events. But that's not what I want to talk about. No, I've been able to understand and interpret nearly everything, except one event I experienced about 12 years ago, when I was parked under an oak tree, 10 miles from anyone, on a cattle ranch in Central California. The only way I can explain it to you is that it was an out-of-body experience in which I was unable to move my body as a light, a broad light, shone above my car. It was so dramatic and unexplainable that I've refused to talk to people about it. 
Personally, I've read about cases of mental hysteria where individuals become paralyzed with fear, but that wasn't what I experienced, and to this day, I can't give a rational understanding of that event. I've never had any other similar occurrence. I don't believe in irrational events, but the other day I couldn't help noticing a report about an accomplished professional woman who stated she believed aliens are on our planet. And I don't just mean people migrating from one country to another. No, she thinks they're invisible and belong to something unearthly. As I said, I'm a rational man, and I can usually understand things. Human activity can have many meanings. Now, this woman is no screwball. She was the first British citizen to become an astronaut. She flew in outer space and is an educator at the Imperial College of London in the chemistry department. This is an accomplished and respected individual who believes it's possible aliens may exist among us and are invisible. And it's safe to say people who are accepted into a space program to become an astronaut go through intensive testing And I don't just mean physical testing. They're continually checked to determine their psychological stability. So I'm pretty sure this woman doesn't suffer from mental abnormalities. I've always thought sightings of outer space flying saucers commanded by little green men was difficult to believe. The only little green men I've ever seen were some politicians dressed up in Halloween costumes. But there continues to be things that are troubling. I love looking at ancient things. I mean, really old things 
made by people long ago, things that make you think, how could they have done that? Or even why? It's hard to understand what motivates people to do the things they do. I was looking at some images of stone structures recently, erected on the outer Hebrides Islands, a group of islands in northwest Scotland. The Hebrides are a harsh environment, and that makes one think, how did the people that lived there around 3,000 years ago do what they did? Maybe life expectancy was 20 or 25 years back then. Maybe starvation and disease were ever-present. Maybe death was more common than life. It's not an exaggeration to say survival was always in question. And yet they built something that defies a rational explanation. Not only what stands on the outer Hebrides, but why and how. Near the village of Kalanish, there are several places that have the collection and organization of stones that border on the supernatural. One of those most prominent places is called the Kalanesh Stones. Now, when I say stones, I'm not talking about a few boulders moved around to build a shelter, a wall, or a home. No, I'm talking about monoliths of ancient stones that weigh close to seven tons. Stones composed during geological times billions of years ago, placed in a pattern, a meaningful formation by some Neolithic people.
These stones are considered part of the earliest Earth's geological history from the formation of the Earth and whether there was understanding by the people who placed them, recognizing some connection to the very formation of the earth is difficult to say. One folklore legend says the stones are petrified giants or false men. Another legend says an entity called the Shining One walks among the stones. What interests me is the commitment of these ancient people to do what today few, if any, people could accomplish. I don't know where they collected these monoliths from what formation in the Hebrides. By looking at pictures at the landscape, they don't appear to have come from any place in the surrounding area. And it really doesn't matter if they came from a mile or ten, or for that matter, split from some formation a few hundred yards away. There was a commitment and understanding by these people to haul them to a location and stand them upright in some pattern. And I might say an understandable pattern that can't be easily perceived unless from above ritual a belief in something spiritual can be a powerful motivator. And to tell you something, today, when people are stuck in traffic on an expressway, trying to get to work, complaining and arguing, they can't understand or appreciate what it takes to move a seven-ton monolithic stone using some painful primitive process and then set it upright. The people that set these stones were driven by something, and it wasn't technologically done. Something had to make these people believe in what they were doing had purpose. Obviously, these stones may have taken several generations, perhaps hundreds of years, to be placed where they are.
And I don't care how barbaric those people might have been. They were compelled to create something out of the ordinary. And there aren't just a few isolated examples like this. We have a need to communicate, to reach out to something or someone, just like a stranded castaway on an island, attempting to signal, I am here, we are here, or they are here. And there are lots of these signals scattered around the world by different people during different times. Like I said, it's difficult to understand the things we do. Geoglyphs, the scraping of large images in the earth, the placement of stones, the building of mounds, require enormous effort. Serious people today have offered explanations as to why a group of people or an individual will commit to doing this. Take, for example, the ancient Nazca people in Peru who scratched huge images in the earth that can only be seen from the sky. Recognizable images like a spider, a hummingbird, a whale, a human, and many more.
it's difficult to see how these images could have been perceived by the people that constructed them. It's not as if it was done like an architect, producing drawings of a plan for a construction of a building, taking blueprints to a construction site, and translating them into a finished tangible product. No, these huge images had to be first imagined and then translated to a physical reality. The possibility exists that the act of creating these images were in and of themselves the purpose, to fulfill a dream and nothing more. But it's hard to believe over time with these kinds of things, they've been acted upon by so many different cultures. Although I've noticed in viewing graffiti drawn on walls by different individuals in various parts of the world, there exists a similarity in style. A tagged subway train in New York City looks eerily similar to a tagged wall in the Middle East or Europe. Maybe Helen Sherman is right, the British astronaut who claims aliens are here amongst us. But these things are done and continue to be done by humans. I'm more inclined to believe there's a common denominator. Dreams are a powerful force in our lives, and how they come to us have many interpretations. When I sleep, I see dreams that have no connection to any real image I've experienced. In other words, when I see faces in a dream, sometimes ancient faces that I have never seen in my life, my reality has no basis upon which to have those images. Something is triggering those images, like opening a book of pictures, a library of experiences stored somewhere from a past. My DNA is unique, and it's coded to represent what I look like. Inside me is a physical connection to my past, the composition of my parents, passed on by their parents, and so on and so forth. Our DNA is generational, and we like to think of it as determining how we look. But can DNA also be mentally generational in what we dream? When I dream, does my DNA trigger images of what my inherited past has experienced? Am I seeing my ancestors? Just as they were, the same reason my eyes have a certain color, or my hair is straight, my nose, my lips, my hands, everything is a record of my heritage. And so are my dreams. Helen Sherman could be right. If aliens are here now amongst us, they may have always been here. In fact, if you're willing to accept the greatest conspiracy of all, that aliens could have caused the very beginning of life on Earth, that concept challenges the belief of nearly every accepted religion today. 
But like I said, there exists a lot of troubling things. And I don't want to be accused of being off my rocker. No, I like seeing things as they are. And a big leap of faith to believe invisible aliens are responsible for the mess we've created on Earth isn't one of them. And like I said, I have dreams, but I experienced something I can't explain on a cattle ranch in central California. Of course, life could be nothing more than an illusion, that we belong to something else. I believe in the natural world. I'm a rational man, and I want to see, hear, taste, feel, and smell beautiful things. I don't believe in the distractions, the deceptions that the consumerist world brings, the artificial intelligence that's dumbing us down. If the world is coming to an end, as many have been predicting, in the afterlife, I'd like to meet the Neolithic people that move the Kalanish stones and ask them why. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard James Newton Howard's composition, London, from the soundtrack of the movie Blood Diamond. Then Carl Orff's Carmina Barana. And then Thomas Newman's The Night Window from the recent Academy Award-winning movie 1917 followed by Hans Zimmer's music to the television series The Blue Planet and a repeat of The Night Window. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.